Welcome to the Versopolis podcast. I'm Mitya Drap and today we are talking about poetry at the Frankfurt Book Fair 2023. Joining me are Amalia Maček and Jose F.A. Oliver. Dr. Amalia Maček is a Slovenian translator and scholar. Together with Matthias Goritz and Aleš Steger, she edited the largest selection of Slovenian poetry in German translation, My Neighbor on the Cloud, presented at the Frankfurt Book Fair. In 2021, she received the Fabian Hafner Award for the translation of the novel Moje leto nikogašnom zalivu by Peter Handke. Also joining us is Jose F. A. Oliver, a poet, writer, the president of German PEN and one of the most significant intercultural writers of German language today. He writes predominantly in German, but is also influenced by Spanish poets such as Federico Garcia Lorca. To date, he has published more than 20 volumes of poetry and essays and has received numerous awards. In 2021, he was awarded the Heinrich Boll Prize and in 2015, the Poetry Prize of the City of Basel. Amalia and Jose, welcome to the podcast. I'm really, really happy you could join me today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hello. So the Frankfurt Book Fair has a long tradition spanning more than 500 years. It's the world's largest trade fair for books based on the number of represented publishing companies. It is considered to be the most important book fair in the world for international deals and trading and a critical marketing event for launching books. This year, the guest of honor at the 75th book fair was Slovenia. The unanimous opinion is that Slovenia more than impressed the visitors at the fair. Slovenia organized around 80 events in its pavilion during the fair with a total of 250 events. The highlights of the Slovenian program under the motto Honeycomb of Words were poetry, philosophy, and deep reading in a digital, instant solution-oriented age. So first of all, I want to ask both of you, if you could choose one event from the fair, what was the one that you remembered the most? Amalia. Um, for me, to be honest, uh, the event which will stay in my memory forever is an event with Sasha Shavel, the leader of the Slovenian Cultural Center in Berlin, and Dusan Šarotar, Slovenian writer. They both come from Prikmurja, the northeastern part of Slovenia, and their families are interconnected. They are part of the Jewish uh, population there, and they were talking about the history of their respective families, which were connected, and Dusan writes about it. And Sasha just discovered in these past years some really tragic events about her family. I knew a little bit about her family, so I invited her to present this at the book fair, but I didn't know the extent of the tragedy. So I was interpreting this and never before I had tears uh, rolling down my cheeks during interpretation. It was so strong. It was so tragic uh, and very important part of Slovenian history. So next year it will be also... um, um a jubilee of the of the persecution of the Jewish population in Prikmurje. So we plan more events on this topic. So this will stay with me forever. But of course there were other events which I will also remember. Mm-hmm. And Jose, what was what would what would be your event if you had to choose one? Yes, if I have to choose one, I would say please let me choose two because, uh, <laughs> okay. because it, there were such a lot of events there. First of all, I was very impressed by the Slovenian presence, by the Slovenian pavilion at the the book fair, because it was a simplicity which touched me. It was not a presentation of of an event. It was a presentation of very 
reduced, poetical reduced um, um, way of of, of uh, showing what what wonderful literature is living in, in in Slovenia and the Slovenian language. And there was one event I was very very touched was when we presented several uh, poets um, being part of of uh, Versopolis because Versopolis without Slovenia wouldn't exist. So though it was um, a consequence from the program makers for, for the Slovenian program to invite several poets from Europe. So to show that Slovenia means always, always also we are Europe, not only Slovenian. And that was for me a very impressive moment. And the second was, and you permitted, yes. uh, when they gave the, the, uh, the prize of, of, um, of peace to Salman Rushdie and in the in the Paulskirche in Frankfurt, I was very touched by his speech. I was very touched by this wonderful author, and I was very touched because he said one of the perhaps more significant sentences for our days, days of wars we are living all over the world and in Europe, and now since the seventh of October also in um, in Israel and Gaza, and he said um, to to fight for the liberty of the world, of the liberty of speech, of the freedom of speech, means also to defend the thoughts and the words of other people who may hurt us. If we don't uh, defend also words which hurt, then we don't defend the liberty of speech and the liberty of, of, of and the freedom of expression. And I think um, on the one hand was this this um, this wonderful presence of several poets from all over Europe in the Slovenian pavilion, which also is uh, um, to show the, the 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 importance of 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 poetical speech, which always is a synonym uh, for freedom and for liberty. And uh, on the other hand, these wonderful sentences from Salman Rushdie. Yeah. That's great. So, Miljana Zunta said in the opening lines, Poems are born in solitude. You can travel long roads, experience much, love and leave many things behind. But before every poem, you stand alone. And I always feel that poetry, even though it needs solitude to come to life, ultimately has the opposite effects on the reader. It offers recognition of the other and ultimately makes us understand that we are not so alone after all. So what would you say, Amalia? Yes, um, I just wanted to add if I would have um, two events to name, the other thing I would mention would be the opening speech by Miliana. And then you just <laughs> read a sentence from it. So, so I'm very happy I can mention this uh, right. wonderful, wonderful speech. Um, many people said it is one of the best speeches that was ever held at the um, opening because it was not political. It was really about poetry, which is always also political uh, in another way. Uh, so uh, I know Miliana um, a lot and um, I know how she, um, I, I know her very well and I know how she struggles for every verse she writes. No? So this is not an easy path. And in her speech, she showed how much solitude, how much um, silence you need to write uh, something which will then resonate with other people and make them less 
yes, alone. But um, the writer, as she said, has to be alone to 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 write the poetry. And I think this is a very important um, topic, also connected to the, our professional program, which Michal Kovac created, um, mm -hmm. because you can also read really deeply also alone. It's the only possibility or if somebody reads for you, it's nice, but uh, but uh, there are some activities, I think, which are crucial for us as humans and which make the culture, which make poetry. And in these activities, we are more or less alone. Mm -hmm. I think in her speech, she also uh, mentioned this, that I don't know who she quoted exactly, but um, that in most of the important things in life, well, some of them are done alone, uh, yes. birth, death so forth. Mm -hmm. So, um, Jose, would you agree with this assessment? Well, I, 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 I don't agree with this because I think that you, you write, yes, when you are on the, at your table and you write, you are a solitarian man or a solitarian woman or a solitarian uh, poet. But I feel that when I'm right, when I'm writing, I have so many, so many people writing with me. There is my mother writing with me. There's my father writing with me. There's my grandmother, my grandfather. There are my friends, there are my beloved people, my experience, uh, the children which I met at school. So every word is, is not a single and solitary word, but it's the the synthesis of of my experience with of the education of uh, things i have lived i think yes as i'm not living in solitary my life is a very is a life in dialogue so my writing also is a dialogue and also for if you take a photo of mine when i'm writing for example i will be alone there with a pencil and with a sheet of paper but there are lots of people around me uh, writing and question my things which I think which I write so I I I I respect and I love the poetry of Vienna yeah very much and I I think I translated also yes. one or mm -hmm. two verses of her into German mm -hmm. with the help of Amalia and um, nicely, yeah. I I know what she means but uh, I feel always a presence of lots of lots of people when I'm writing that's that's beautifully put mm -hmm. So, and then I want to quote, I want to come back to this uh, uh, Miliana's speech. And she also wrote that the times we live in, however, do not favor complexity and beauty. They are drawn to repetition, replication, uniformity, simplification. The question that hangs in the air after every celebration of the poetic art is always the same. What use is poetry in lean times? And then she offered a great idea. She said that the point of poetry is to build a community, which is something that I feel that also, Jose, you mentioned now that every time you write, you are surround, you are writing with a community, not only to build the community, but you're already writing from this community that is built within you. So not some homogenous community of people with similar opinions and outlooks, but a subterranean, utterly diverse fellowship of readers who find connection in the fact that they all listen to that other voice and bear the burden of their own solitude. So. What do you think, Amalia, what is the use of poetry in lean times? Um, yes, I think that we need poetry more than ever. Um, and that it is also a way how the Slovenian people 
always used to express themselves. No, in the history, it was sometimes forbidden to speak Slovenian. It was sometimes forbidden to tell your your opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but poetry is, yes, concentrated. It's so hermetic. You can say things which you would not be allowed to say directly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a way of of speaking but also a way of hiding things now in the slovenian history um slovenian people many times don't say what they think now they hide the the real meaning or the real connections between people so i think the poetry is really the slovenian way of talking about important things like death like love like war like political situation and so on uh, and it was sometimes also the only thing which still held us together, no? Because we were divided, we were under under regimes, and so so it is something very genuine, Slovenian, also for other nations, of course. But I'm speaking now about Slovenian poetry, and this was one of the main goals uh, of preparing the anthology and then of preparing our guest of honor project uh, to show this richness of Slovenian poetry, which is really, I think, very unique. And um, mm-hmm. yes, we have seen, we have organized many um, poetry events in the last year, and we organized a special poetry tour with a small bus in June 23. We, we uh, visited uh, Klagenfurt, Salzburg, Munich, uh, Tübingen, Frankfurt, Kiel, Vienna, mm-hmm. and um, in all the places the poetry resonated with the people and we were very astonished. The events were full. We had always more than 40 listeners of Slovenian poetry. So this is something you have to really promote it. You have to connect it. You have to connect it maybe with music, with film, mm-hmm. and then you can reach the people. And I think today, to come back to your question, it is very difficult to get the concentration from people, to get their attention, no? because the attention is scattered. Everybody wants your attention. Everybody wants to sell you something and <laughs> come with poems. <laughs> they look at you as you are not really <laughs> very sane, but then they listen and you can get their attention and they think about it. So, so the yes, the reactions were very unique maybe the the reason that they know that you're not trying to sell them anything is the reason that they actually listen to you because it's so weird when you <laughs> in these times to actually talk to someone and not trying to be influenced by their bantering or something like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's really great i i read the report that most of the poetic readings at the fair were very well attended and mm-hmm. um, the readings uh well, usually they're not so packed, I said, as comparing mm-hmm. to other times. So would you say that this this year's adi- edition of the fair had a much more uh, palpable kind of uh, 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 focus on poetry compared to other editions? Yes, yes. This was a thing that Jürgen Bost, the director of the book fair, mm-hmm. uh, said many times that they were surprised and astonished when they first came to Slovenia, how important uh, Slovenian poetry is and how much we love it still and, and that young people write it and listen to it. 
So uh, this is something what also the, the management of the book fair recognized as something special in Slovenia. So they were very um, yes fond of this, that we put it as one of three major topics for our guest of honor program. Mm-hmm. And they, I, I don't know for all the countries that were, but I think the, the proportion of poetic events was extremely high in our case. And this is also why we have chosen Miliana, a poet, to, to speak at the opening. That, that's great. So uh, the recently deceased, I want to, I want to, I want to change gears a little bit. Recently deceased Milan Kundera said of Czechoslovakia that the existence of small countries is not self-evident, and that small countries in particular must strive to be heard and to enrich world cultural world culture and literature. And since Slovenia is also a small country, and many times we hear that it is a nation of poets, are we a nation of poets because precisely because we are small? Uh, Amalia, you said that uh, that you feel that poetry is particularly kind of common to the Slovenian psyche or way of communicating. So, um, what do you think, Jose, about this? Well, let me add um, from the for the last question you you yes. you, you asked um, Amalia one sentence or two sentences, please. Which are very important for me. Poetry is the only way to 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 find visions for our world, and for our communities, and for the dialogue. Because poetry always is dialogue. You can kill the poet, but you can't kill his poetry. Mm-hmm. And um, thinking of Leonard Cohen, for example, who said, uh, "We don't should think too much on the word hope." For example, we should think more of the word word will because hope is too passive and will is very active so for me poetry is a synonym of will if i say the things and then i want i want to say the things and then there is a i am active and not only someone who hopes in a passive uh, way so this is a very important for me to add that um, for me the the future of this world depends on on, on the poetry, and then talking of of little countries for me is not the measure <laughs> to measure poetry is not a question of big country or little country is the measure of um, of um, of experiences of life and for example little countries for sure they have other experience because they didn't dominate um, large areas they didn't dominate other people they didn't dominate other other languages they didn't forbid uh, other languages they 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 struggled to survive and poetry in 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 a in a in a, in a language and maybe only if if they speak they're spoken by by 2000 people imagine in amazonia there are 2000 different languages with a huge oral tradition or in andalusia you have an oral tradition of poetry so it gives you the energy to to believe what um, in in the in the sense of creating hope and visions and perspectives um, always a dialogue because every poem which is said every poem which is written every poem which is interpreted is for me a part of the dialogue of of the future it's wonderfully put yes maybe um 
I can add something uh, also that I think, and I have repeated this several uh, times, that maybe our tradition is not to tell stories, uh, to tell long stories like Serbians or so epic long poems or long, I don't know, family novels. And so some uh, writers do it and they do it well, of course, but it's rather rare. So I think the short stories are also a very typical, very good genre that Slovenian authors really, really are masters of. Uh, Moza Kumade, for example, and other uh, people, Micha Mazzini and so on. Uh, so this was also one thing that we wanted to show at events in Germany and also at the book fair, how important short stories are. So we had a Traduki, um long night of short stories, it was called the event, uh, and it really lasted very long. So most of the people had to go because the public transport was not <laughs> driving anymore. But this is something we want to keep, uh, and the stories were amazing. Um also, Gospodino was there, Andrei Blatnik was there, very uh, important writers, a very nice uh, nice night, also combined with music of Tomasz Grom. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think these little, um, little um, genres, these little forms are something we can show to the world or we can show to Germany because uh, they have no short story prizes or uh, I don't know they they don't have a short story festival like we have in Novomista and so on and many people have said oh um, this is um, something we have to do in Germany as well and so uh, I think if you can receive a Nobel Prize for short stories you can also have an event with short stories but uh, German Literaturhäuser they usually don't want to have so many events with church stories or with poetry, you know? So this was something we wanted to show that it is very important, very good uh, quality of literature as well. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, Amalia, a, a verse, a single verse could explain the world. Mm -hmm. uh, and then for me, poetry, I have, I've read twice now this anthology, which we have published and presented at Book Fair. Uh, because, yeah, I'm a poet and I love poetry. But uh, I would say this single sentence that um, that poetry in Slovenian language is the short story of an old, old soul. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that's what I, my resume is for, for the poetry. And um, the old souls, I think they are in poetry and not mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. novels mm -hmm. yeah. or in short story or in fragments yeah. mm -hmm. because the short story in a, in a kind yeah is also a kind of fragment yeah and mm -hmm. have, uh, we should think more in fragments to have a perspective uh, a, a vision for for the possibility to to come together and to live together yeah mm -hmm. That's awesome. I never thought of that. I, always, I, I never thought of that, that like short stories are not popular in Germany. I always thought that the short story is making a comeback now than, uh, you know, in, in the age of the smartphone where, where people are, are, are driving on their commutes and kind of reading short stories, uh, 10, 20 minutes or something like that. Mm -hmm. I, this is really interesting. I never knew about this. Very, yes, very strange. Yeah. It is very severe now. The mm -hmm. publishers, they don't want to publish short stories. So for Moritza Kumade, mm -hmm. she first had to have a novel 
And then as a reward afterwards, she got now a collection of short stories. So now it's, uh, if you are a good author, if you sell well, then you can have your reward and get a collection of short stories. And you're permitted to, yes, to, yes, to, yes. to have your yes. <laughs> short story collection. That's, yeah. that's so strange. Yeah. There have been other times in Germany. I think there have been times where short stories were very important uh, in the 50s, on the 60s of the last century, when they were very influenced by the American, U.S. American mm -hmm. short story tradition, for example. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, in our days, also every poet is is nearly forced from every uh, publishing house to write a novel because mm -hmm. the publishing houses wanted to to earn money, and mm -hmm. you don't earn money with poetry, and you don't earn money with short story. That's the reason. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, one of the important. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But you are right, Jose, no? the tradition is really uh, rich, uh, like Kafka or Brecht, they, they wrote uh, excellent short stories, and Wolfgang Borchett, no? after the Second World War and so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it, will, it will have a revival. Yeah, I, I hope, I hope. Yeah, yeah, because for, for, for some moments in Germany, there are novels and not only, and not novels in German language. They love uh, uh, novels of, of other cultures. South America was very important, for example. But you know, between exotic and erotic is only a X and an R. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's nice. <laughs> so uh, I want to focus now on the bilingual anthology that we mentioned, My Neighbor on the Cloud, which was produced especially for Slovenia's role as guest of honor. So Amalia, I'm wondering how many authors are represented in the anthology and how did the selection of authors and the editorial uh, process take place? Mm -hmm. um, maybe a small correction. Uh, the idea yes. for the anthology um, was there way before um, Slovenia was nominated as guest of honor. So we mm -hmm. wanted to do this already. I spoke about this with Fabian Hafner many, many years ago that we need something like this. And then uh, Matthias came and was uh, willing to help me to do this anthology. And then Alex came and he had these good connections as a member of the academy. So it was possible to publish this uh, anthology in the best possible collection of anthologies, which are uh, published by Hansa Verlag and the German Academy. Uh, so this is the, the highest level you can get, I think, uh, in Germany for such a book. Um, and of course, we had many more ideas. We know about authors who are missing. To, um, uh, for example, Vito Milzupan is missing in this book now, but we had at the end no time to, to really translate it well. So we said bad translations are worse than no translations. So I hope Vito Milzupan gets a special book someday and of course we were not always of the same opinion who is more important who who deserves to get more poems and so on so every one of us would wish for another uh, selection and our collective idea was a little bit different than the book that, uh, that was published uh, because the academy said that they are not 
rising monuments for living authors and that we have to reduce the number of the poems of the living authors that they um, want their anthology to be very classical and to be chronological but we didn't want this so this is a compromise like every anthology is a compromise and very subjective so in the end when the anthology came out, I think nobody was really happy about it, nor the Academy, nor we. And at one event in Frankfurt, I said uh, to Matthias, who asked me, do you even like the anthology now? And I said, I like the anthology more and more. And then the lady from the Academy, who was really helping us with editing and everything, came to me and she said, yes, it is like this. I like the book more and more. So, And she said, the book has something good in it because the will behind the book was really good. The intention was good. No? So every anthology is a an approximation is an invitation to read books of the authors. Now there are about 80 authors in this book. I would wish there were would be more poems of women. Mm-hmm. Everybody would wish for something else. No, but I think we did a first step now. So you can get an impression what is the tradition. Where are the Slovenians coming from? How the poetry evolved? And we also included, and this is not so typical for such classical anthologies, we also included poems which were published in Slovenian in summer 22. So they're recent poems, one year ago. So it is going till the, the youngest uh, writers, we we try to include as many people as possible because such an anthology is also your um like your card to present yourself to Germany mm-hmm. when you have one or two poems in such an anthology you can say to organizer of events okay I don't have a book in Germany this is also very important to be invited somewhere to have a book and if you don't have and it's very hard to get a translation of poetry a whole book by yourself so you can say okay I don't have a whole book but I am in this important anthology and then you have more possibility to be invited somewhere so this was important for us to include the youngest authors so that you can say we are so important we are included in the anthology so you can also invite us Oh, that's awesome. So who, who who is the youngest author, I'm wondering, in the book? Anna Svetil. Oh, I know Anna, of course. <laughs> I know her very well. Yeah. Yes, we, and uh, she went with us to the poetry tour. She was yes, wonderful because uh, we knew she has no own book. She has just maybe three poems in the anthology. She will not be invited as a real guest at the Frankfurt Book Fair, but we still wanted to present her to the public there. And she was great. That's awesome. Yeah, Anna Svetil, we, we had a band together and she's like, uh, she she just published her old poetry collection. The new one is called Marmar, right? Yeah. Um, so probably the poems are from that book. And the oldest poet is probably Sejko Kosovo or even or Presheren or something like that? No, no, no. We Sejko. have not uh, started with Presheren. Okay. This was also something different. Other anthologies begin with mm-hmm. the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. And then you have like <laughs> 200 or 300 dead orders. But uh, we started with Srećko Kosovel because yeah. we wanted to show how modern the Slovenian poetry in the 20th century was already in the beginning. And Srećko Kosovel was really following the new uh, Russian poetry, Italian poetry, French poetry. He, he used um, 
like uh, this uh, constructivist method and so on. And he was really, yes, on the top of his time. But then afterwards, he was forgotten for 40 years now. So this is our tragedy. So we continued with the classical poetry um, <laughs> because nobody knew him. But uh, we thought that uh, Franz Epreschieren is, of course, very, very important for the Slovenian language and everything, but he would not be the best to start our anthology because we wanted still to have a modern uh, anthology to show the modern Slovenian poetry and Prishirin is very difficult to translate. Now the Slovenian poetry, um, I always say it comes from the from the um, singing, you know, from the folk tales, uh, folk mm -hmm. songs, mm -hmm. uh, which are also very typical for Slovenia. And um, they have a lot of rhyme, rhythm and so on. And this does not work well in German language. Yes. Jose, are there any authors that jumped out at you or some some new discoveries that you liked about the Slovenian anthology? Well, I, I, I discovered lots of names. Don't, don't ask me for the names now, but uh -huh. uh, I, I um, discovered lots of names I didn't know because uh, that was the, or this is the gift of this anthology to, to present Really, this and I know that you said a few minutes ago, Amalia, that it's the starting point. It's a beginning because there are lots more anthologies which which should be made in in, in the future. It was like a a car, like a entree to 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 this uh, to Germany and uh, and to present what the, the richness. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I'm reading it and and it was, um, you know, I'm I'm. I don't know. I I can't think because you said the criteria who will be in this anthology, who not. Um, I I'm I'm lost. I I find in every poet uh, at least one verse which is wonderful. So and if you create one verse which is wonderful, what do you want more more in life? Yeah, I I don't know. Um, I think that um, if you as a poet now I. I have published 20 volumes of poetry. If at the end of my life, I can say that I have written four or five poems, then I'm very happy. Yeah. But you you have written more, no? I know them. And maybe <laughs> I, I can know. mention that Jose wrote a wonderful, wonderful long poem, not just two nice verses. <laughs> Uh, about his ancestors in Spain in the civil war and so it's very very touching a uh, very long poem and Milan de Cleva and myself we translated it into Slovenian it's translated also in other languages and it's wonderful it's it's uh, yeah eternal poetry I think no it's yeah something special but you know the story of, of Gottfried Ben which is one of the references of German poetry in the 20th century when he was, uh, I think, nearly 70 years old, then a student came to him and asked him, Mr. Ben, how many poems did you write in your life? And then he looked at the student and said, um, I think I, I've written six poems. Six poems? He was very, yeah, and said, no, it's impossible. I have all your books at home. You have written more than six poems. And he said to the student, please read my books once more. And we will meet in, in a year. And then you please prove that I have written more than six poems. And then the student came back after a year and looked at Mr. Ben and said, Mr. Ben, you were not right. And he was a little bit astonished. And, well, 
I have written more. Yes, you were not right. You don't have written six six poems. You have written seven poems. <laughs> <laughs> I love this story because it 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 is a little bit um, what I wanted to say that I read uh, this anthology and I I I found I found verses. Um, then I have to close the book, and for me the quality of a book grows with the, the many times I, I close it yeah? because there I, I want to be with this verse or with short story or, or with a part of a novel. I want to be at least a week uh, in dialogue with myself. And then I have books which I have closed 40 times or 50 times. And that's great. That's for me um, a criteria. If for me, this book is something which gives me something in my life and and, and brings me to further ideas uh, um, thoughts or, or feelings yeah and so um i can't say this is a the whole a whole artwork this this anthology yeah and it's well done i think that um, there's um the the selection you did how do you start a, a volume an anthology uh, what are the criterias um to show, for example, what you told that the modernity of, of Slovenian poetry in the last century, and not only the classics, yeah, we should learn also to, to find um, um, the classics of tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. I, I really need to get my hands on this anthology. It sounds awesome. Yeah. Especially, yes. Yes, maybe I can add that um, of course, every anthology is very subjective, very private, and it is a depiction of our taste or something. No, but what is special here is that we have not taken an anthology which would already exist in Slovenian and just simply translated it or picked out of anthologies, but we really went back, Alice and me, and read a lot, a lot of books by the poems, uh, by the poets themselves, and picked, uh, of course, some poems which are very typical for them, Danazites or so. But we also picked poems that were not so well known in Slovenia and in more. And people are coming to us, Slovenian people. And uh, Micha Kovac, the curator of the Slovenian uh, Guest of Honor program on the Slovenian side, said once, um, yes, we would be happy to have such selection of poems in Slovenian. So only the Slovenian part without the German translation. Also, this was the nicest compliment we got, I think. And he's not a fan of poetry normally. No? Uh, so if he says this and he enjoys the Slovenian part, I think, yes, we have achieved a lot now. So, mm-hmm. And I also... Of course, this is an academic series of anthologies and it has, they wanted us to make it chronological and so, but I don't know, can you read, I don't know, 200 poems at once and just because they are chronologic, I cannot, no? So I'm more on the same side as Jose. I also read Peter Handke so that I just opened the book somewhere and I translated it like this. It was 600 pages of Peter Handke and I translated just the part which opened that day. You know? So this is how I read the books. And this is a book to read like this, to, to open and to close and then open again. That's really great. It's really interesting. Yes. The contrary of of chronos, yeah. So it's normal that you can't in a chronolo- read poetry in a chronological way, because uh, the poetry is is 
is a part of the old soul and the old mm-hmm. soul has no time and it has no clocks. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, as I told you or said a few minutes ago, I, I find verses which are so modern. Uh, reading a poet uh, who died 200 years ago and I can I can read verses of our times, of, of young poets. Alias Kobrimika is, 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 is a good example, for example, for me that... I love his poetry, and 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 um, and but it's from a, such an old soul that it's uh, that the soul is classical of this poetry. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. He has yeah. something antique, no? <laughs> but antique in in a positive way. Very positive. I love Greece. Way so. of a, a way of of a, of a dialogue also with the mm-hmm. past, because we can't talk of of presence without knowing our past. Yeah, and mm-hmm. therefore we should have this relationship between everything which has been written and because it's what today is written is a dialogue with every poet who has written before us. Yeah. Yeah. And in a sense, every new poem that you write actually redefines the past in a way. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's great. So the last uh, anthology, I think that uh, I, I read in Slovenia is the Misa Vernemus Vecher. We, we come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like from 1990 to 2003, like an anthology of young Slovenian poetry. But I don't know if there was one other anthology after that. So uh, another one is in order for sure, because a lot of exciting young names mm. are coming on the scene. But I yes. was, yeah. Uh, there was, there was an anthology, yes, uh, by the Slovenian, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. of young poetry there was and there were some special anthologies like women poetry from Slovenia and so there were some special yes anthologies uh, more generational or gender related but there were but uh, um, yes mm-hmm. general anthology was not there that's great so I want to shift gears a little bit now and uh, I want to tie this to the Ljubljana manifest on deep reading uh, in it we can read quote Societies are facing fundamental transformations as digital technologies are changing the ways we live, interact, work, study, and read. It also remains unclear whether the transition to digital media actually lives up to to its promise of improving learning outcomes. Recent studies of various kinds indicate a decline of crucial higher-level reading competencies and practices, such as critical and conscious reading, slow reading, non-strategic reading, and long-form reading, end quote. So recently, uh, an international uh, PISA poll tested high school students' competencies in reading and comprehension, with Slovenia's score coming lower than the OECD average. So, uh, how can poetry help deep reading, if at all? Uh, Amelia? Mm, yes, I can maybe comment on the manifesto. No, uh, I think it really came in the exact time when we needed it or when the world was also prepared for it now because some years ago the whole Scandinavian uh, countries we are, which are like uh, forerunners or pioneers always and we all copied them in the field of education and schools they all went in the direction of di- digitalization now the students had no books they just had iPads at schools and so on and now exactly in this year Sweden has realized that this is not good and the, the students can visualize and memorize the 
um, the the matter better if they read it in a real book, not on an iPad, no, because it's also tactile and you have the feeling. Maybe I read this in the beginning of the book. I read it on the left page, and our uh, our memory is uh, very. Um, spatial no we remember things like put in a place no it's this old uh, theory of, of putting um things in i don't know drawers or so and remember them uh, so i think um uh with reading we we can see i teach at the university we can see from generation to generation that the uh, attention span gets shorter um and that uh, students because we have um, a subject in the first year of study, which 20 years ago when I started teaching was, yeah, on the first uh, side, it was obsolete. It was not necessary because you had to do summaries of Slovenian text in Slovenian in the beginning. And I thought, oh, this is so stupid. Why, why we do this? But now students don't understand, yes, medium long Slovenian text. They don't get the meaning. They don't get. They they are not able to make a summary in one sentence or to make a summary in three sentences, and also with uh, longer passages, with longer sentences, the grammar is not correct at the end of the sentence because they don't have the intention and the concentration to remember the grammar from the beginning of the sentence. So this is really we see in our work in the past 20 years, how the concentration is falling apart, how the ability of comprehend more complex uh, structures in grammar, but also in, in the matter itself, it falls apart. They have, of course, other uh, abilities they learned with uh, new media, or they are very good. Uh, we have a lot of new technologies in interpreting studies, now what I teach. So uh, I don't say they, they are stupid or something. No, but the attention spam is different. And I think here the poetry could, in a very inoffensive, inaggressive way, because it's so short, no? So the young people can have the impression, okay, I can manage this. This fits on my telephone or so, no? They are not afraid of it, but it can, like... um suck them in to get deeper now to get deeper and to really read each word and then connect them so i think this is a very good practice to for attention but um also um um i think translation is a very good way of really deep reading for me translation is the best deep reading mm -hmm. jose would you have something uh, to add to this Yes, I, I agree. Everything which Amalia said, I would say we knew we need a new system of education and, yes. and school education and university education. Yes. And I, for example, I, I would suggest that if you if you um, learn Slovenian language or German language and Slovenian literature or written in, in Slovenian language uh, literature or um, uh, literature written in German language, I would suggest um, to to make, um, for example, only classes for grammar like mathematics or physics or biology and then um and then make classes for sensual sensual slovenian language or sensual german language and read together um, and and go back to the oral tradition 
Why not have, we need the time to read a whole novel with everybody in, the, in a classroom so that they have this first moment of experience of language which can touch you, language we can take in a novel which takes you in a, at the hand and goes through a story, for example, or poetry. Poetry, you have to listen to poetry, you have to hear it, you have to, to find these moments. And if you make a mixture of grammar and, and autography and, um, and uh, interpretation, no, we need spaces and new classes for only reading and um, presenting literature without interpreted, without grammar, without you, it should be something, um, yeah, learning by by hearing. <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's awesome. So going back to the oral traditions to actually <laughs> very nice, yeah. To, to... The, in the Middle Ages, there were only classes for grammar, and such. Today, why not make classes for grammar? And then it's another structure. It's another way. Grammar, you have to learn it. There is no way to 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 to, to lose yourself in poetical dimensions of grammar. You can do it if you if you if you play with it. But uh, why not create neue? Uh, how do you say in English? Neue um, discipline and new disciplines, neue Fächer. Yeah, uh, for example. Yeah, yeah. Mm, maybe I can tell here a very very nice story from Frankfurt uh -huh. because we also besides the the events at the book fair at, and in the city, we organized visits of our writers in schools. Uh, and Anna Pepelnik visited a Berufsschule. This is a certain school which is not gymnasium or so, you know. It is uh, meant for people who will, yes, after the, the middle school, they will mostly finish their education and so, and get a job or so. And some of these schools are also a little bit problematic in Germany. So the people from the city of Frankfurt, they warned us. They said, yes, but poetry for these young people, uh, this will not go well. And this is not a gymnasium. They are not used to poetry. And so, and this was really their first poet they have seen in their life. They have, this was the first reading they have heard in their life, but they were amazed of Anna Pepelnik. She's very honest they loved her poetry and then this was organized by a teacher of english and he said oh i prepared one question because these 16 year olds they never ask a question when there's a, somebody in the school and these 16 year olds they had so many questions the teacher had to wait till the end to put his question which was a good question and they had so many questions, good questions, and they came to Anna Pepelnik after the reading and they were telling their stories. And it was really, uh, yes, also one of the, the nicest memories I have of this year's Frankfurt. Amalia, lots of teachers, lots of teachers and professors forgot, forget that poetry is not written for schools and poetry is not written for universities and poetry is not written to to make a science out of poetry. Poetry is written for the ears of people who wants to listen mm. and wants to, to be in poetry. Yeah. And that's the difference. And we should create these, these spaces. Yeah. That poetry mm -hmm. is not written for a teacher and for, for teaching people. Poetry is written for people to listen. 
poetry and to yeah. read it. But also one thing that I learned in this uh, lyric bus, now this tour we made in June, we were together day and night with the poets, and I just saw they just um, have more refined senses as I do. Maybe you now they hear more, they smell more, they see more. It and I told Anna Pepinik it must be so difficult to see and to feel and uh, to smell so many things. You no, know? and she said yes, yeah, it's a lot you now to take in, and so so. Um, I also, when we prepared the program, of course, not everybody was happy with our program. And I would wish some poets to come with us and more poets to come with us. And it was not possible, no? Uh, so I understood if they wrote some some sad or even mean letters, I understood it's coming. They're really presenting their soul. They're presenting their sensitivity to the world and they want to be put in the best possible context to to be them to to present themselves now so this is a very delicate matter also i think how to present poems because you want to present as many as possible but if you put 10 on the stage like we did one evening in the roman fabric uh, it can easily be too much and then not everybody gets enough attention so it's very delicate now yeah but but i think less is more less is more yes I said a few minutes ago that sometimes a single verse can explain the world. One poem can explain the world also. And 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 I don't know that the sensibility is not more. The sensibility perhaps to translate what they smell, what they feel, what they think into verses is, is more. But they don't smell more, and they don't. See, I, I see. I do not see more than you, Amalia. I don't smell more than you. I and think I you. Do. <laughs> I think I. I... <laughs> you put all your poetry. You, what you smell, what you feel, what you think. You put it, for example, in your wonderful translations. <laughs> yeah. And I, I can't compare it. So I think that we should, uh, we should be also um, a little more, a little more, uh, yeah how to say to to not in in these categories that someone knows more or knows less or, or, or makes it better or worse it different it's it's uh, i love this this uh, not the best practice example i i love the example of the next practice yeah and this uh, that's another way to look in this world yeah yeah mm. No, but I think in the case of this lyric tour, it was really like this because the past two years were very stressful for me for preparing this Frankfurt. And I think I was a little bit numbed off of this stress and could yeah. really not take so many in person. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps you don't know it or how much of impression you took with you. Yes, yeah. they're coming now, you know. They are coming now. Yeah. <laughs> Because you are there with your whole body and you are there with your sleep and you are there with your smile. Yeah. And when you are eating and when mm. when you think, oh, I'm empty. Mm. Perhaps this emptiness is all this impression which now said, now stop here, Amalia. You have to sleep and then we will talk again. Yes. <laughs> okay. So thank you for this. We're drawing to a close. I think that, um, that some really nice things were said. A single poem can explain the world and I think that we should we should strive to read poetry really slowly. So by opening the book, reading a line and then closing it again, 
I mean, this is a very nice, nice line. So thank you again so much, both of you for contributing, for taking your time to be here. And uh, this was the Versopolis podcast 10, Poetry at the Frankfurt Book Fair 2023 with Dr. Amalia Maciek and Jose F.A. Oliver. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs>